Folks, what is going on? 47 foot Friday, not even Friday, it's Wednesday. Can you tell how excited I am? It's 47 foot Kyle. I am joined live. Ryan Thomas, takeover himself, the one, the only, the legend, Olympic historian, and undefeated heavyweight contender. Baby Joe Macy. Joe, what's going on, buddy? Oh, not much, man. It's good to be here at Amherst Owl House, and good to be with both of you guys. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Th this is going to be an awesome interview. We got uh, a great event coming up in boxing that, that you know a lot about. Uh, February 22nd, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, the rematch, one of the biggest rematches in boxing history. And this is a lot because there's been a lot of epic rematches in boxing history. Let's dive into that fight. What do you think is, is going to go down with that one? You know, man, this is the first time in a long time I've been excited uh, about uh, a heavyweight title fight. Right. Um, it, it, the, the boxing's been in a lull lately, you know. There are some good fighters out there, no doubt. But to be really excited, I'm talking about a rematch like the Holyfield Riddick Bow days and a rematch oh, yeah. like that. And, of course, you go way back to the Ollie Frazier ones, but those are legendary. Hopefully this lives up to it because... I think these guys are very evenly matched as far as a skill level. Obviously, as far as size, I think the first fight took us by surprise as how close it was. And I'm extremely, extremely excited about it. It's going to be a fun, fun night right here at Amherst House. Well, let me, ask, let me ask you then, because I know you said it's going to be a huge night. This is one of the biggest, in a sport where rematches are the moneymaker, this is arguably one of the biggest moneymakers in history. You were here for the McGregor fight that we just had here uh, last month. You saw the atmosphere, you saw how everybody got excited and bought in. Uh, Trainwreck Sports is hold, putting on the same event for the Wilder Fury fight, so we're gonna have you know, the same $5 Pink Whitney specials at Ale House, $12 pitchers of Blue Moon. We're gonna do a raffle for a signed pair of this man's boxing gloves. So you were here with us last time, Joe. What do you, you saw what the atmosphere was like. What do you anticipate it being like for this type of fight? Well, look, that evening was incredible. And this evening is going to be even more incredible, I think, really, because the fight will be better. There's no better place to watch a combat sports event. There's no better place to watch a heavyweight title fight, especially a rematch, than the Amherst House. The environment here is excellent. It's loud. Yet, you still hear the, uh, the, the, the TVs. You can see there's a good seat in every, every seat here. Um, it's one of the best places in Western New York to watch an event like that. Not to mention one of the best food in Western New York, great chicken wings, good beer, good beer choices, and great company. Man, I couldn't agree more. And I think you guys, I know Ryan's heard it every week for my show. <laughs> I'm nothing if I'm not plugging Amherst Pizza and Hot Santa <laughs> on request. Oh, my goodness. And the service what is even good, day. too. What a day. Folks, he's not wrong. Amherst Pizza and House. Right, There's right. probably no joke 25 to 30 TVs that are surrounding this entire place. A list of about 21, 25 different beer specials. Um, the food is unmatched by anywhere around the North Towns here. The wings are incredible. Um, Ryan, we were just talking about the Crown Royal barbecue wings before we got right, live right, here. Right, they're phenomenal. How, like, <laughs> I, I try not to hype up chicken wings that much because right. we're from a town and a city where it's that's what we're known for. What do you think about the wings here? I mean, I think the wings here are top notch. I'm a born and raised, you know, Lockport guy, so I don't really spread my wings out too much <laughs> as far as wings go outside of Amherst, Buffalo. I mean, it's there are the franchise places, but I think the places like this where it's where it's a community place, I feel like those are the better better fits as far as quality I, wings I agree. Go, you know? I agree with that. You know, we have our Duffs and Anchor Bars, good wings, no doubt. Yeah. They're the staples. 
But these corner bars, uh, you know, I don't know if it is the atmosphere community or what it is, but uh, the proprietor, my dear friend John Bona, did turn me on to the medium garlic, and that's oh, yeah. what I've been leaning towards these last right. few months. But uh, I kind of change my tone every now and then, but I recommend the medium garlic. I couldn't agree more, and I was <laughs> thinking the same thing. Is uh, I grew up with hot garlic Parmesan wings. Those, oh, were, yeah. those were my baby growing up, and I'm yeah. from Albany. So when I came out here and I was talking with Craig, you know, manager here, great bartender guy, John, obviously, like you said, just this is this place is his baby. The minute I saw that they had hot garlic parm wings on this menu, my excitement <laughs> went to a whole new level, started salivating. Man, it was incredible. I'm telling you, food here is second to none. I think I just told you guys, I was in Denver last weekend, and I was watching a guy politely trying not to stare at eat chicken wings. But it wasn't even at a... Yeah, that's, that's it random. It wasn't even at a pizza place. It was at a random right. family restaurant, and it just looked odd to me. That is odd. <laughs> it was odd. Especially in Denver. That, I, is, that is odd. I wanted to you tell You can't go anywhere but Buffalo and yeah. get quality wings, I, in my opinion. It's knowing what I know, I, I almost felt bad for the guy a little bit. Was know? he a fork and knife wing kind of guy? <laughs> that's kind of no, what I imagine Denver people... But I guarantee it was ranch or honey monster or something like that. It was like ranch, that. for sure. Yeah. Or even ketchup. I've seen that. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a little I out felt there. bad. If <laughs> anybody <laughs> watches our wing reviews, you know how Trainwreck Sports feels about ranch. It's a no-go. It is never... Huge, huge no-no. Yeah, you it's, don't... You don't it's, it's a cardinal blue, sin. It's blue cheese <laughs> or you dip it back in the wing sauce you got. We right, all know right, that. Right. right. That's exactly right. right. Well, guys, I, like I said, I, I couldn't be more excited for this event that we have coming up. February 22nd. It's about 10 days out. Right. Um... It's, it's going to be such a great time. And, you know, I kept bringing it up before we went on live, and I brought it up already now. You were here for the McGregor fight. And, Ryan, you didn't have a chance to make it, but you're going right. to be here for the oh, Wilder 100%. fight. Oh, 100%. I won't miss it. This yeah. is going to be something, folks, where, seriously, if you're looking for a place to watch the fight, and I know it sounds like we're just hyping up Alehouse, but it's totally warranted. You come here, folks. I'm telling you, next week, it's a little early now, but next week, start calling in. Get your reservations in right. for tables. Get your table. It was Get it. full standing room <laughs> only last week, probably right. 48, 72 hours before the McGregor, or last month before the McGregor fight. So It is. It is a great time. I've seen several pay-per-view events here, whether it was the MMA UFC. I saw the Mayweather-McGregor fight here. That was fantastic. I mean, the whole town was hyped up for that. And it's not even, it's the fight. And then even after the fight, a post-fight, an hour too. The party is great. It's a great place to be. It's very safe. But call, call to get your table, to get your seat, because right. uh, there's only so many. And as we were saying, you know, you mentioned kind of briefly there, touching on uh, McGregor and, and Cerrone last month. I think that was a great event. But with all due respect, I am, I would say I'm more of an MMA guy, but I'm also a boxing purist. To me, this Wilder Fury fight is history. I mean, as I alluded to it earlier, there's been so many historic boxing rematches and even trilogies. We could potentially see a trilogy off of this rematch, depending on who wins it. The way that the heavyweight landscape is right now, I would have to imagine there's going to be a third fight, if I, right. if I could guess. And that's great. I hope there's a third and fourth. Because of the landscape, and I don't see that many great heavyweights out there right now so why don't we utilize the guys we got and that's of course fury and wilder and and joshua and whatever the andy ruiz but so that's why i'm hoping for a real good fight i'm hoping uh even for the distance you know you come here and you see a first round knockout with the conor mcgregor thing still a great time still a great place a lot of hype 40 seconds into that fight it but was over. i think <laughs> i don't think that's gonna happen this time around no, i don't, I don't think that's gonna happen so, so let me ask you because i i feel like I've had this conversation several times and I've had it with Trainwrecker, I've had it with my friends, and I have it with anybody that's interested in any sort of combat sport. 
you mentioned you'd love to see three, four, five, however many of these fights, you know, use your money makers while you got them. I'm always a big fan of trilogies because it's very rare you see a draw in the first match. Right. And normally a trilogy, at least from what I've seen, is to settle a best two out of three. Sure. You see somebody win this match. Do you see this go to Fury Wilder 4 to get a best two out of three? I would hope so for the sake of boxing, right? I got to see. I think if I if it goes the distance, if it goes the distance and nothing crazy happens and like knockdowns beforehand, I see the judges wanting to give it to Fury. I think because some might, some might think he got robbed. I don't think he got robbed the first fight. Some might think he got robbed because it was close. That's fair to think that. Sure. Some, I think be, he's gained so much respect and the likability factor. He kind of owns that now. Yeah, no, 100%. Right. Being that he's got this great story. I'm proud of him. He's clean and sober. I thought he was, I thought he was this goofy fighter on the way up. I was watching him. But since his story and his recovery and rebounding from the weight loss and getting fit and staying clean and uh, being the spokesperson for uh, uh, anti-depression and uh, getting up off your feet, I've grown to love the guy. And I think the community has too. Not that you wouldn't love Wilder, right. but I think they're going to lean towards giving it to him. And what does that make? That makes for a third fight. It's a pretty interesting take, too, because Deontay Wilder comes in as probably one of the more impressive heavyweight American, you know, champions in recent history. For Guys sure. like Mike Tyson, you know, obviously his name needs to be mentioned in, in that sentence. Yeah, but Deontay, that dominant. Right, yeah. right. As far as being a dominant power puncher, maybe the, the most pure power puncher that we've seen since Tyson. And for the rooting interest to kind of change from, you know, Tyson Fury to, you know, Deontay Wilder now kind of back to Tyson Fury, yeah. you know, pre yeah. this fight. So I find it very fascinating that people are, as you mentioned, they're really buying into the journey that Tyson Fury has had. Yeah. They see the adversity that he's oh, faced. It's a hell of a story and a hell of a journey. And to see anyone get knocked down like that and pop up like yeah, that. I've been that knocked unreal. down a few times myself, I yeah. understand. <laughs> but to pop up like that, because he wanted it, man. I mean, the right. guy it was like a Rocky story. He wanted it, or at least to go the distance. Now, having said all of that, uh, Wilder gained a lot of respect for me to that fight. I have always said about Wilder, yeah, he's got one heck of a right hand, very, very powerful. I question some of his skills, and I've always said before this Fury fight, in the late rounds, he really hasn't been tested. I want to see this guy get hit hard in the ninth and tenth round. Right. Yeah. Then let's see him react. And guess what? He did. And you know what? I mean, he, he, had a, he had a tough yeah. guy against him. He got hurt a few times, and, they, and, I, and I did say, yeah, that's what I want to see, and he proved it. This is one of those fights where both guys bring out the best yeah. in one another, and that's why it's so entertaining. They can fight the Luis Ortiz's and some of the guys that Tyson Fury's fought. Even Klitschko, that fight was a big fight, but this fight is bigger because Deontay Wilder has the gift of gab. Fury has the gift of gab. Yeah. It elevates the fight to a new level. That's the best part. You know, it's like uh, two showmen, if you will. Right, right. right. You know, they're showmen. They are Conor McGregor. You might not like Conor McGregor in the ring, but you can't look away. He is the best thing for the UFC that's ever come out of the UFC. Right, right. So, I mean, he's uh, he's got dollar signs all over him. All he has to do is talk. And that's how Fury and Wilder are. And that's why their press conferences are going to be exciting. This is going to oh, be an yeah. exciting week for the press. Um, they're going to get in each other's face. It's going to be great. I tend to think they probably like each other, but uh, they're both good showmen. I think kind of to that point, like you just said, you know, the press conferences are going to be interesting. The media week is going to be off the charts. And to your point, I, I think this about a lot of big-time money fights is, especially the McGregor-Mayweather fight, you know, they, they may not have actually liked each other, whatever it is, but at the end of the day, you see a lot of main event fights end with what? 
The guy's handshaking it and hugging it out. They know right. that each one of them put months of blood, sweat, and tears to get to that fight, to get to that moment. And you know with Fury and Wilder, whether they're pretending to not like each other, whether they're putting on a tough face for the fight, I agree, where I think ultimately at the end of the day, there's a certain level of professional respect that those two are going to, if it goes the distance, if there's not a knockdown, if it's not made by ref decision, that I ultimately think those two at the end of the fight are just going to look at each other and say, damn, you gave it what you had. Or right. they should say thank you to each other. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. They're going to get, they're they're get paid a lot of money. <laughs> and if there's a third one, thank you again. Right. That's what and they and should say. And the fourth say. one, there's going to be a huge thank you if that happens. But you I'll know? tell you, that's why it is one of my favorite sports boxing. And maybe you have had to be in the ring and taking punches to understand the amount of respect that boxers do have for each other, and it is a brotherhood. Sure, it isn't that way every fight, sure. and they're right. talking, talking crap to each other, and they might hate each other. But nine times out of ten, I mean, you see that hug and that handshake, and I tell you, I've fought guys or sparred guys, and I didn't like them. Yeah. And let me tell you something. Even though you're trying to knock them out and you're trying to win, you're trying to land hard shots, something happens in the fifth and sixth and eighth round, and you're developing... In the oddest way, a relationship. Right. In the yeah. oddest way, I don't know how to say that, a respect, a relationship, and at the same time, you're trying to kill this guy, and when that bell rings, you're like, man, this this son of a bitch, this guy, I got respect for this guy. <laughs> and uh, You go through a journey you, you, by you the end grow, of it. <laughs> you grow throughout the course of a fight. And you could probably say that in the sport of football. It's going across somebody across the line, but across the course of a game, you learn You learn about the guy. Yeah. You learn. I mean, I learn more about somebody in a ring than I do having a conversation sometimes and learn what they have inside them and if they have what it takes. And it's really, really quite unique. Right. And the camps building up to each fight, like I said, you know every player, every player, every fighter is getting their best from their camp. And the, yeah. their camp's trying to get in their ear even if it's something like, hey, Ryan, you know, you know Joe's talking crap about you. Right, like, right. Yeah. I mean, are, you're, you're trying you to get know, that edge. You know yeah. Joe's in the ring punching a bag with your right. face taped on it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, I didn't quite have social media when I was boxing in the you early didn't. It's 2000s. It's probably for the better, though, right? It probably you know? is for the yeah, I just I thought of that. So. I just yeah. thought of that. Like, right. man, if I was reading and seeing everybody, <laughs> if I Instagram this guy sparring and seeing him get ready, I'd be scared. Right, I mean, right. man, he's really... A lot can get into your head He's really talking shit, man. I don't know if I... You know, I don't That would scare me, and I... I don't know, but I didn't have to deal with that. Didn't have to deal with that. Yeah, yeah that's that's definitely for the better. I think yeah. with this type of fight with Wilder and Fury, and leading up, you know, to it as we're a week out, the one thing that I've noticed that's very interesting from Tyson Fury is that he actually changed trainers. The guy that really brought him up kind of the whole way, he kind of went the other way and, and said he wanted to bring some Sugar Ray into his camp. And and I'm like, okay, we'll see what happens there. I was going to bring that up, and that I don't know if that's a good move. That. that well, we're going to find out. Right, you know, right. I, mean, I don't know. One of those um, things to keep your eye on. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know if you change what's working. And in a sense, it has been working. I know he lost, and you can't – I wouldn't say you blame a trainer for that loss. Now, about styles, Tyson Fury, if I – knowing my style, and I was asked to fight one of these two guys, what do you think my answer would be? I would say – I would say Wilder, to be honest. Man, I would right. because judging from watching all of your fights, you had the ability to really kind of make a fighter go at your pace and avoid those big shots early. That's what I saw in in, I in think some so. of your fights. I think, yeah, I, I could see Wilder. What I see is more orthodox. He right. does. He's got a jab. Yeah, you got to watch that right hand. He doesn't do a lot of body. He's not even going to come to your body. 
eye. You got to have a good head movement. You're going to want to know when to get away and when to put some pressure on him. You got to stay close to that guy so you're not at the end of his punches. I already have a little bit of a plan, but Fury, I watch. I have no plan. And I right. listen, I don't know what he's going to do because he doesn't know what he's going to do. Right. Almost in an amateur esque kind of way. And I'm not making fun of the guy because it's worked for him and he's huge and almost in a bigger, more awkward style than Wilder. Right. Wilder, yeah. it's not to say he's predictable. The guy's a heavyweight champion and deserves to be, but like, I mean, he's just orthodox. Yeah. But I don't know what Fury's going to do. And he's going to throw an uppercut and a hook and you're not expecting it. And when you don't see something coming or what he's going to do and you're confused, there's nothing worse than being confused in a boxing match. I think with Wilder, too, you, you don't see a lot of technical ability. That's not to say that he's not a great boxer. Yeah. He's, he's one of the best power punchers yeah. I've ever seen. He, yeah. he is a beautiful right hand, touch of death. But with Tyson Fury, he's so awkward, so lanky. The punch is almost, he's always moving, too. The he's punches moving, don't always yeah. fully land. He'll punch when he's stepping back. Um, and again, almost doing, he almost breaking the rules, if you right, will. You know? right. He does things that With you're really size. so yeah. non traditional. You're really taught not to do. You know <laughs> right, what I mean? Right. <clears throat> but it works for him, it's working for him. So he would be very confusing for me, and he's very confusing for a lot of fighters. And I think that's what happened with Wilder. But yeah. I'm sure Wilder's studying a lot of tape. Right. I think I think you and I had the this conversation when we talked during the McGregor fight. Yeah. Is you said the same thing to me is going up against Wilder is something you can plan for. You can, you can plan a little you, bit. I shouldn't Probably say still you still knock in the third right. row. No, right. I mean right. you you can plan for him as much as you can prepare for any other fighter. You, right. You kind of watch their past fights, you get their tendencies, you yeah. know what they like to do. Right. Fury, you can know what he likes to do. He might throw something new at you that you've never seen yeah. before. Yeah, I mean, you, uh, yeah. you could get the chances of getting hit with something you don't see coming are probably going to happen with Tyson Fury. And right. I, always, I always say, you know, you get hurt by what you don't see coming. And uh, Wilder, you might see it coming and still get hurt, but um, at least but you have a second to. Yeah, there's a lot of confusion that comes with a Tyson Fury type fighter. Yeah. yeah, we've seen even in uh, I know I've seen it in Tyson Fury's fights. I'm sure you guys have as well. One round he'll fight one way, and another round he'll fight completely different. Yeah, where yeah. fighters that can do that, like the Floyd Mayweather's of the world, is that a plan? I, mean, I don't know, a, but it, it seems to work. You know, I don't. It's, it's I mean, never gets the job done. Yeah. <laughs> it's obviously working for him. It's right. obviously working for him. And I gotta say, in my heart, I think I'd like to see him pull it out. I think I'd like I to too, see him win. Yeah. A, but I won't be disappointed either way because right. I'll be sitting here at Amherst House with a beer and some wings, yeah. totally safe and sound, right, right. <laughs> and, and uh, just enjoying the fight. But um, yeah. it's not going to matter to me one way. But uh, I think I I know what I'm pulling for in order, and it's really all in order just to extend this series a bit. You know. Now that that brings up an interesting point because you, you're you know you were like I'll be here Amherst House watching the fights, kicking back. Being someone that was in the ring with championship caliber fighters, big fights, fighting in the biggest venues, is it odd for you kind of sometimes watching fights to kind of, you know, watch them from a different view, you know, rather than being the fighter, you know, compared no. to watching them? No, it's not odd. Yeah. It's actually more enjoyable. More enjoyable, of, <laughs> of course. Not getting yeah, yeah, more enjoyable. More enjoyable. Yeah. I do you do. see it from a different perspective, though, being that you're not in there? You know, I think I have a pretty good skill if I could say so. And it's to dissect a fight between two fighters and, uh, and call a fight. I've had, right. I do have some broadcasting experience. I enjoy it. If I had any involvement in the sport today, it would probably be to sit ringside and call some fights as an analyst. I can't, 
everything I see, I make pretty good solid predictions, not all the time accurate, but and the things that I see are not even things that I did or was able to do. Right. I could see something that a fighter should do, and then I wouldn't even do it, right. you know? <laughs> but I know what's right and wrong, and I can see what somebody should do. I'll sit and watch with my wife, and it's just to sit and watch boxing with me two nights a week. And, <laughs> and so say, man, how'd you know that? I mean, how'd you know that guy was going to go down? What'd you see? You said right hand. And I'm like, I just, it's so weird because I got hit so darn much. <laughs> and my defense was so suspect. And yet I could call these shots, but I don't know. I see something different from the outside than I do from when I'm getting punches and my gloves in my face. So I don't know. I, I enjoy watching it and looking for that. And uh, not to even make judgment calls or make predictions, but to really study it. And I think that's what was kind of one of my strengths was really studying my opponents and watching a lot of video. I mean, I watched so much video that I took several years off after me. I mean, I just watched boxing right. so much that uh, now I just watch it for enjoyment. But right. you gotta you gotta know what you're looking at and you gotta understand the game. It doesn't matter what sport you're in. Now you mentioned you touched on it at the start where you said this is the type of fight that it's the first fight in a long time where you felt really excited and somewhat rejuvenated as a boxing fan. Yeah. What would you say you know from your perspective is like the biggest problem with boxing currently? I mean, if, if I were to throw my two cents, and I would say, you know, sometimes waiting for these big fights, waiting for these fights to get made. Sometimes with MMA, when the fans want a big fight, they get it. Or with them boxing, sometimes they got to wait a year, year and change. We had to wait a year for this rematch. What would you say as far as that goes? MMA is a different animal altogether because I think in the UFC, they fight for the love of the sport. I don't care what level you are, at the world-class level or if at a little uh, MMA club show, these guys will drive, fly to get a sparring session, to test their skill. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't matter about their pay. I've gone to these great shows at the Seneca Casino, and some of these guys drive three states over, and they're not making much money, but they want, man, they really want to test their skill and, and see what they've learned and put it to use. And, and um, boxers don't do that. Boxers are uh, a little, it's, it's a, you know, boxing's a poor sport. Mm-hmm. A lot of these fighters, they, know, they come from the ghetto, and that's and this is and they've made it. They've made it uh, out of it, but it's about money, right? And the um, UFC is about money too, to a certain extent. But these guys do fight for the love of the sport. Not saying boxers don't love it, but they want to get paid and want to get paid what they're worth. And it's more of a um, business. It's a little bit more goes. of a business. Yeah. I mean, these UFC guys want to just get each other's throats and again right. test their skill, right? And really make a comparison and. And in boxing, I have did it too. I'm not, what am I getting paid before I fight that guy? You know? Right, I mean, right. I don't know why it's that way, but it is different. Um, I don't know as much about, well, the commissions are the same but in both sports. But uh, both sports are run kind of unfortunately by the, new, by the state athletic commission that they're right. actually fighting they're, in. Right. Keep in mind, there is no uh, universal league or organization like the NFL right. and HL. There's nobody. That, there's no board or committee that looks over this players sport. Players association or players union. There's no there fighters not. union. Yeah. And it's been talked about for years. They don't want it to be. Right, you know. I right. mean, there's just a, this is run by Nevada or Texas or New York, and that's right. just they have everybody has their own rules. And I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing. So between the athletic commissions, the promoters, um, they kind of work together and make their own and the, and the, and the organizations the WBA yeah. the WBO the IBF right. and they all come together they kind of make their own rules and as they go along so it's th- those are tough things to navigate when you're a real when you're a professional fighter they right. do a real good job like you were just saying they do a real good job at coexisting like all the the different divisions yeah. the different way of splitting it up in boxing if you're not going to have a league if you're not going to have 
a commissioner, so to speak, you know, like a, a fo National Football League, an NHL, like you said, they, it goes more by the state commission. So I feel like they do an okay job, and they do as good a job as they can by coexisting when you're crossing state borders, depending on who's fighting and where you're fighting. They do, but that might be the reason for the holdup. You know, why is this guy number one and right. two, and they haven't fought yet? Or why is this guy, this guy's got two titles. We want that third title over there, but they can't fight each other. I mean, what is always the holdup? What is always the hype? I know... Uh, negotiating the uh, the purses is, is a problem, and uh, rival you promoters too, and all that. Rival promoters, right, exactly. Right. I don't work with that guy, and uh, we're not bringing that title from Europe over here. Uh, it's uh, you get impatient after a while, right? And you just want fights to happen, and and they, they know the what the world wants to see. It just takes a long time to put it together, you know. Right. And that's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Yeah, I remember growing up. You know, through high school, the one fight I wanted to see was Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao, and I didn't get to see it till like my third year of college. I'm like, what's up with that? You know, but let like, me tell you something. You know, you, you guys might not have been around, but in the '80s, early '90s, it wasn't that way. When no, you look yeah, at that, when right. you look at that awesome wake, that Duran, Hagler, Hearns, those guys. They wanted to kill. When they said they wanted to fight, I want to fight tomorrow. Right. And right. they made it happen. Let's do it. There wasn't That's a why six, that era is there wasn't so a six week yeah. purse bid. Right. I mean, you train for six weeks for crying out Right. There wasn't a. There wasn't a, They wanted to kill each other and make it happen. We'll and now a fighter later. has like a 12, 13 week training yeah. camp for the fight. I mean, fight. <laughs> you just don't see that anymore. It was different then. I mean, you know, the and even back in the 90s, the Tyson, the Bows, and the, it wasn't quite getting that way then either. You know, those guys right. wanted to fight. They wanted to fight quickly and get it done. And it was just more exciting then. You know? They wanted to get between the ropes, like you said, and they wanted to get it done. It, it wasn't as much as, and I say it wasn't as if I grew up in it. You know, I'm a 90s baby myself, so I grew up in the tail end of, you know, that whole era of boxing. But even comparing it to what we see now, like you said, that those guys, I watch video, I study tape just to know a fighter's tendencies and where history has sure. evolved in boxing. You watch it back then. Those guys wanted to get between the ropes, and they wanted to fight. <laughs> they wanted sure, to find out who was better. They'll take their and, money. And they wanted to compare yeah, their yeah. skill, and you want to see who is the better boxer. Right. Now it's, okay, what does my promoter want to do for me? What can I get out of this? You know, the state commissions, like you said. They've turned millennial. They, yeah, I guess it's a good way to put it. But Fair you know, enough. You know, and if you want, Fair enough, man. If you, I mean, you want to – we got great fighters today, no doubt. Oh, for but sure. But if you want to watch YouTubes and study tape, man – that 70s, 80s, that era, that boxing was, I mean, boxing was boxing, man. Piping hot. It yeah. was so hot. <laughs> yeah. Tuesday night fights, Friday yeah. night fights. I mean, it was all over every network, and all That's fights were good. That's a great point good. as well. The whole pay-per-view dynamic, I mean, too, changed the sport yep. big time. You know, oh. no ESPN or ABC Saturday fights or anything like that. I mean, that, I grew up you know? young. I was on Tuesday night fights still. I still I remember watching Tuesday night fights, hoping one day I had to be on Tuesday night fights, and I was on Tuesday night fights, and then it changed to Friday. I got to appreciate some of that, and uh, that's when the era was kind of dying out a bit. But, look, nonetheless, they're both still great sports, and um, and hopefully fans like us just continue to keep it alive. And that's why you have to come out and support and come to right. events like this at Amherst right. House. You know? Exactly. You, yeah. you mentioned the 70s and 80s era of you know, Hagler, Hearns, Leonard, Duran, all those guys. Who was one guy that you kind of um, looked up to as, as you knew that you were about to start your journey as a fighter? Who was the one guy that you looked at and said, that's kind of the guy that I want to try to that. aspire to be? I I mean, I have several different idols in the heavyweight division. Right. Um, you know, I, I'm a Frazier Ali fan. I love, obviously, everyone loves that trilogy. Oh, yeah. Um, I got to meet Frazier. I never got to meet Ali, which is one of my biggest regrets. But um, one of my, I'm the biggest fan of Evander Holyfield. 
Oh, wow, and, yeah. Real deal And uh, I've got Fair to enough. you know spar Evander. Yeah. I got to get to know Evander. And uh, I love Mike Tyson. I just uh, saw Mike Tyson in Vegas. And all great fighters, but I like him coming from the cruiserweight division, not a big heavyweight, not even always the best heavyweight. When you watch this film and study him like I did, Vander Holyfield was most dangerous when he was hurt and confused. And those exactly. are the types. Of, those are the types <laughs> of fighters I like to watch. Right. And um, I mean, I draw a little inspiration and power from him. You know, I, I was hurt a few times in my career, and anyone could be knocked out. I mean, I mean, even he was. But uh, if you have the little bit inkling that you were able to get up, uh, I, I want I want you to get up. You know, yeah. right. an Arturo Gotti was he the greatest oh, fighter? Of Lord. course not. Right. But when you see a guy like that and he gets hurt and he's confused, right. and that's when your opponent has to watch out. Like, that's when, like, he's even better, you know? And those are the types of fights and fighters I like to see. And there's few heavyweights like them. As great as Mike Tyson was, and no one will ever be that fast. No one will ever be that strong or show the kind of style he did. I mean, ever. Right. When he's hurt and confused. Especially at that age, too. I mean, 19 years old, the heavyweight champ of right. the world. I no, mean, it's never going to happen again. Never. Yeah, that's I mean, unreal. he's a freak of nature. Yeah. And I love Mike. But when, you're, when he's hurt and confused, actually quits. That's true. It happened in the uh, Buster it Douglas It happened about five and, times yeah. after Buster right, Douglas. Right, right. Let me tell you something. Given Buster Douglas, nobody was beating Buster Douglas that night. No. I love that guy for that yeah. reason. Nobody was. He came His to win. passed away. Nobody was too. beating him yeah. that night. Okay. Look at that in the fights later when Holyfield bit. On that night, I give him all the credit in the world. He came to win. I'm most proud of the guy. It was right. Douglas, and it was Douglas only. You knew yeah, nobody he, was leaving that event. 42 one. to 1. 42 no, to 1 underdog. No one was beating him that <laughs> night. I got to see him. I ran into him at an airport once, and uh, we got to talking. And uh, I'm sure you don't want to talk about that, but that's what I'm going to talk to you about. Yeah, that's a cool and, story, uh, man. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he's just, uh, I'm, I was told, I'm just so proud of him. because. Oh, yeah. I mean, he changed Mike Tyson's career. I mean, for the worst. Changed that night. boxing. He changed he really boxing. Changed boxing. Yeah. yeah. And I love Mike, and uh, um, just both legends in the heavyweight division. But that's what the heavyweight division division used to be. Yeah, and if, like you said, it flipped it on the like the face of a coin. Yeah. I mean, you were you see, this is what Tyson's career is. Yeah. This is how boxing right. is and will be. And the matchups only got tougher for him too. You right. know, yeah. and he was Douglas fighting happens, you know Douglas and, and yep. Holyfield and Lennox Lewis and. I mean, really yeah. going through the murderer's row. No, I actually got a chance. To, uh, I meet, met Wilder briefly on an accident. I was uh, at a work conference in in Vegas. We literally almost bumped into each other at a store. And uh, I said, hey, excuse me. I said, excuse me. I go, oh, my God, champ. How, like, tall, <laughs> how tall is well, that? That's my point yeah. to this. <laughs> Much taller than I thought. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think, too. Much I taller. Him. I could probably like, dig him a photo. very tall. I know he's tall. Most guys, I mean, Much taller than I thought he was. I mean, I have a picture. He's a full head. Uh, wow. Taller than me, and, uh, and you're not a small guy. I'm not one. No, bro. you know, six one is a heavyweight. I might have lied, said six two my whole career, but I think I'm six one. But <laughs> we <laughs> don't tell anybody. I promise. Don't yeah. tell anybody um, except for everybody watching. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I so as far as heavyweight division, I'm not that tall. But um, you know, I, you got to learn how to utilize that and make it a strength. Like yeah. Mike, listen, Mike Tyson never complained about being five ten ever. Right. You, know, right. you use that to a strength. So I never complained about it. it was never really an issue, but. I had thought of that. Me taking a picture with Deontay, I was like, "Wow, this guy's this guy's a skyscraper." He's a he's yeah. he's an enforcer, man. He's <laughs> yeah. The, he looked impressive. Moment a, a, a moment in your career where you really had to dig deep. Um, that I, I just really stands out to me was when you fought um, Vasily Zirov. I watched that fight when I was 13, 14, 
and I watched it at my grandparents' house. My grandfather literally said, this fight's going to go. This, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Right. Um, not to make you feel okay. old. This is what it is. I'm getting older, too. It happens. Um, but great. that fight was one. Of, that fight is one of the best fights I've ever watched. And I say that because for someone that you know grew up in Buffalo, Really, the Bills and Sabres have been like the the main focus of the sports area for the you know since the seventies, sixties. Yeah. You had a, a point in your career where you were like right, you were arguably even above them for all the fight fans and uh, boxing historians from this area that really love the sport. You were fighting a big fight in that moment. It was like the seventh, eighth round. You kind of started to find your niche, and then the eighth, ninth round, it was almost as if Vasily was a completely different fighter. You had to really dig deep. Tell me about that well, a little bit. Well, that's the you know that's the thing. I knew going in. Everyone, you know, most people think, well, he's going to fight this cruiserweight. I mean, he should win this. Well, I know a little bit more than most know. This right. is an Olympic gold medalist. He won the best fighter of the Olympics in 1996. It was fastest fighter to ever become cruiserweight champion, like 15 fights, undisputed cruiserweight champion. He only had one loss, which was to James Tony, Which time. was probably yeah. the fight of the year. Right, so, right. I mean, that, that is probably one of the most exciting. I've watched that fight more than I've watched my fight with Cherov. <laughs> I don't remember my fight with Cherov, to be honest with you. So, um, I knew it would be a tough fight. Not that, is he better than some of the guys I fought? No. He's tougher. Right. I don't know if you've read about his upbringing and how they used to train him back in uh, Russia, and they used to drive Miles out in a boat and throw him out and say, swim back. Swim and back, I mean, he yeah. was almost, he, not almost, he was abused. Wow. And wow. what it made was a pit bull out right. of this guy. Right. And I knew that, and I didn't, wasn't afraid of him. Not to mention, on top of all that, he's left-handed, and I never really do well against southpaws. Southpaws um, so are I tricky. Knew, <laughs> I knew going into this fight, it's a good fight, I'm going to win, but it's going to be a challenge. I don't think I'll stop this guy. This is not a guy that does quit. And this is a guy that has that Evander Holyfield mentality I spoke about. And uh, that was fine. So I was prepared to go 10, and uh, I, I think I won the first nine, probably awkwardly, not, not easily. Right. And then the, you know, the end of the ninth and tenth round is history. But, you know, I got to tell you, I, I give myself credit. Oh, for sure. I, that was a <laughs> massive moment in right your career. So. <laughs> I, was recently, I was recently somewhere, and a gentleman not that long ago said, you know, I don't know why you just didn't stay down. You take the loss. It would have been easier to bounce back from that loss to get back to number one, get your world title shot. Then it would have been easier to fight that whole injury thing they found out about. They wouldn't even have found out about it. I mean, you just take that loss. It is what it is. You kept getting up. Um, and I, the guy kind of ruined my day. I'm like, man, he's right. That's yeah, probably, yeah, that would have been a good What a jerk. <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> he's absolutely right. I should have just stayed down and lost. I could have bounced back. My injury would have healed. No one would have even known about it. And, uh, you know, later on the day... Man, screw that. I'm 36 and 0. Right. And I'm not taking off. Well, that wasn't you, though. You weren't going to quit in that fight. No. Like, that wasn't you. No, you I know. know? And, uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've watched the tape a few yeah. times, and I probably should have stayed down, but I, you know, I'm just not going to. You know? Right. And that's, right. that's what I mean about certain fighters and the Cartero Gotti's. And I don't have the skill level those guys have, but and I don't have the name base those guys have. But I mean, just you got to go in the fight and come out, yeah. come out and giving it everything. And, uh, and he, Anyone right. will tell you, hindsight is twenty twenty. You can look back and say, I right. should have stayed down. Probably would have been the best thing for my career. 
Like you just said, that's right. that's not who you that's are as a fighter. That's not who you that are time in your too, career. Yeah, at that time, too. I mean, I remember seeing pictures of people hanging banners that said Buffalo's own. And that fight was in Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. Yeah. People from Buffalo were literally traveling to watch yeah. this guy, you know, go toe-to-toe. And, you know, you know? That was, uh, when I fought in Madison Square Garden, the same thing. It was a snowstorm that week. Uh, I fought Monty Barrett under the Klitschko card on HBO. Right. And, that man, was a great fight thousands as well. of thousands of Buffalo people made the trip in a blizzard. Right. And it made me feel so good. And I'll tell you, you know, a fighter's goals are to get to Madison Square Garden, right. are to get to MGM and Mandalay Bay. And I got to do that, and it's, I'm so grateful. Right. But nothing is like fighting at then HSBC Arena. I was going to ask you that, too, because you fought in Western New York, like, you know, 13, 14 times, I think, from the start I, of your professional career until the I end made, of it. I made that promise. Yeah. You know, I do want to fight in those venues. I do want to travel the world, and I did. And I was blessed to. But... To be able to come back here as many times as we did, and it wasn't me. I say this all the time. If I was from another city, if I was born and raised in a Dallas, and I was born and raised in a Miami or a Chicago, that wouldn't have happened here. Right. The people here, the community, as we know, because we follow the Bills and Sabres, and I don't care what other sports teams we have, we're all, whether it's St. Joe's and Canisius, right. Buffalo right. people gather around their own and yep. I was just a kid from Tonawanda I could have been playing tennis down there it didn't matter it wasn't the right. boxing right. it was just because the people here and the people here are fantastic and that's why I always said we're going to have a heavyweight world title fight here right. I'm going to bring as many big fights here as I can and uh, there aren't many other cities that would have 18,000 people around their own, you know? There right, really isn't. Right. There really isn't. Packed, right. packed up into the into the rafters, too. I mean, it was it was an awesome time. And as they referred to you, they referred to you as the third franchise. The third franchise. And I remember seeing your robe. It was like Buffalo Bills colors, one fight. Buffalo Sabres colors, another fight. And I'm like, yeah. that is, that's my guy right there. And it's fun. <laughs> it's unique. You know, I could be home in bed, and I'll get a, someone will shoot a picture of, uh, of my glove that's hanging in a restaurant. They're at Texas Roadhouse. They have a big thing of me up on the wall in Chicago. <laughs> Amherst Alehouse. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, you know, Mulberries. And, and I'll be like, I'll be like, guess where we are? And I'll say, oh, you're at Mulberries. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I know. I mean, every bar and restaurant. I mean, I'm included with these Sabers. I'm included with these Bills. And my skill level. I'm telling you, it just wasn't there. I'm telling you, it's the people here. The people here are amazing. That's why I promise to come back all the time, and uh, this is my home, and it will be forever. So it's awesome. So let me get a little bit deeper into that because you and I were having this conversation before we went live tonight. Yeah, you just said it yourself. It's bringing the big fights back to Buffalo, and I feel like with you, especially, really any fighter with a hometown tie, any athlete, you want to get back to your area. You want to have an investment in your sport, in your profession, in your area. Right. That's we what were talking. We were talking about something earlier before the fight. I want to get your two cents on it because you. I can't word it any better than you. What is going on? Is there anything in the works for you this to is big. build the Buffalo fighting environment? Well, I'll tell you, I'll take you back. You know, after my injury and kind of a legal battle, uh, I'll be honest. I was a little turned off not by Rightfully so. not by boxing. I watch boxing all the time by the business, the politics, and, and everything. It's yeah. been <clears throat> what fourteen years, I think, almost fifteen years since I've had really. Any real involvement. I have guest hosted on shows. I've done some broadcasting because that's really, really fun to do. But to have any business, I, I've, I've never trained a fighter. I've never managed a fighter. I've never promoted a fight. Um, if I'm not asked every day, I could be at the gas station. I could be in line at the bank. Hey, man, uh, why don't you train a fighter? Where can I kid go train? You should be promoting fights. We need boxing in Western New York. I agree with them. But if I were to ever do that, 
it would have to be perfect, it would have to be huge, and it would have to be the right people. Of course. I've always had interest in promoting local boxers in a boxing show here in Buffalo. I care about two things. I care about the sport of boxing, and I care about Western New York. So if I don't want to be Don King. So if I'm ever going to do boxing shows, it's going to be right here in Buffalo, you know? Right, right. Well, Blend the two best together, right? <laughs> recently, and I haven't spoken about this yet, and uh, it might be a little premature, but... Some breaking uh, news coming on breaking, right now, breaking Joe? News. Some breaking okay. news. Some breaking yeah. news I'm here for, for train wreck really sports am. right here at Amherst House. Now, there's no dates set. There's no events set. There's no fighters. But we did meet with Pagula Sports just this week, and um, we are talking about bringing world-class, world title fights, ESPN Live, right here to the Harbor Center. I love right it. here, and we're hoping we this goosebumps. summer will be the first of many. <laughs> I want to do a lot of fights with them. And uh, so they approached me about a year ago saying, we want to put boxing in our kind of repertoire. We'd like to have that. We need to utilize this beautiful building more. And uh, and I agree with them. And uh, they said, well, who, who should we work with? And so I got in touch with the one promoter that I know and love in boxing, and that's Tony Holden. Okay. Tony Holden promoted, promoted those great fights. Morrison. And uh, he had Tommy Morrison yeah. and uh, a lot of great fighters. Prince Nassim. Um, he promoted those great fights at downtown Buffalo uh, that I uh, appeared in. And having Tony Holden, myself, and Pagula Sports, I can't think of a better team to promote and bring some entertainment and bring world-class boxing to the uh, Harbor Center, yes. which is a world-class center. Uh, as far as hockey goes, so now we're going to make it a boxing center if all falls in the right, uh, the stars align. I yeah. think that's amazing. I, yeah. Not to interrupt you, I think yeah. that's amazing. I think this area needs that because you know we do have the the International Boxing Hall of Fame in Canastota. Right down the you know, road, got, it, it's, right down We the got road. some we got some ties. Um, I actually grew up in the same area as um, Tony Foster, who fought yeah. for the heavyweight title. Boxing um, is Tom, rich yeah, history. Tommy Hicks too. Yeah. Tommy Hicks. Boxing yeah. is rich history. We've had six world champions. I mean, it was a long time ago, but boxing has rich history, and uh, it needs to be rejuvenated a bit. And uh, sure. I think finally we have the right team of people to do that. And we could do uh, a handful of shows a year and bring national television to Western New York and show right. them the new Western New York. Yeah. Last time uh, ESPN was was here for boxing was for my fights. I mean, let's bring them here and show what we've done to downtown right. and show them uh, some of our local fighters on the undercard and then give them some good world title fights, the main event at a reasonable price. I think that's very exciting. Yeah, and I mean, anyone that's watching this now, anybody that follows Trainwreck Sports, you have your two cents about the Pagulas and the Sabres. You know, is I believe their heart is in the right place. Oh, absolutely. No, no, yeah. one, no one is trying to intentionally take attention away from the Sabres. Everyone knows that Buffalo loves their hockey. Right. So yeah. like you said, I think you finally have the right group. I think you yeah. finally have the right crew of people where the Pagulas have the resources they have the finances they have the knowledge of just what it takes to make buffalo tick and now you have the location you have you know before harbor center was there not to say buffalo doesn't have locations that could have hosted it but you know harbor center harbor is such a focal venue. point of yeah. downtown buffalo that right i don't i think you so much activity the right downtown yeah. there look at the pool of sports and uh, are all they are all about western new york right for sure, they are, for they, sure. they're not even from here right. they're all about western new york there's no denying that let Tony and I handle the boxing end of things. It's going to be a great team. And uh, I want to be on national TV again, showing my my neighborhood, my area, my people, and uh, showcasing some really good entertainment, some good boxing. And the Pagulas are the perfect team to do it with. Can I shoot my shot, as the kids say these days? If, if this goes down, 
I, I got to be there to cover these fights. Absolutely, I got to be there. Well, of like course that, you that has to be like. Of course you that, That's got to happen. Any, you know, all, all of us. I mean, any yeah. train wreck sports would would love to cover those. I, I know nobody, I would. I can speak for I myself. I hope nobody thought I was making a comeback. You think, I mean, hey, hey did hey, you think well, anyone? Did you guys build it up incorrectly or anything? No, no, <laughs> this I is all on you. Man. I know, I know that you're a smart guy, and you're a business guy. So, I'm about you know, more wings, you're, man. You're I'm not making a comeback. Yeah. No, we got that's wings not happening. Yeah, that's not happening, man. I'm gonna enjoy these Crown Royal wings in a minute, but uh, no, yeah. But I'm super excited about it for the first time again. Am I not only excited about the fight next Saturday here at Amherst Ale House? I'm again kind of rejuvenated a bit to yeah. be. To be involved in the sport that I love, and to uh, you know do do things uh, the right way, I've been asked a hundred times to do little club boxing shows, and uh, do use the utilize the convention center, and, and 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 it just didn't seem right. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna go we're gonna go all out, and we're gonna go make big, it right, right and go big, and uh, and do it with uh, world class boxing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And folks, as we start to wrap it up here. Thanks to everybody that's been tuning in live. Joe, obviously, it's great every time we get the chance to Oh, it's my pleasure. With you, Thank you, guys. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it was we, awesome. Thank folks, you. Folks, just to echo it all back to you one more time, the 22nd, 22nd. right here in Ale House. Yep. It's going to be a huge Biggest night, Biggest rematch in boxing in 15, yep. 20 years, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. We're going to have great drinks on tap for you. We're going to have great food ready to go. Um, it, it's something, like I said, get your phone calls in next week. You need to get your tables reserved because it's going to fill up quick. Yeah, this is the place to be next Saturday night. Call Amherst Hale House and get your table. Joe, I got to ask one more favor. I'm going to, I'm gonna, as Ryan says, I'm going to shoot my shot. <laughs> as the send-off frame here for everybody watching live, can I have a face-off showdown with just... Yeah, I just want a puncher. I just, yeah, no, I just, oh, oh. I just want to stand up. Like he's up he's on asking the podium. to punch. I just, okay, I just want to look ready to go. All right, <laughs> I'm not doing that. Uh, uh, you know, I, folks, that's been Trainwreck Sports. I, I, I just watched one of his fights today. I'm not doing that. Let's go boxing.